Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week, uh, once again, another expatriate. Well, half and half expatriate. She's a longtime Bloomington resident, still lives in Bloomington, but has taken her business to another town. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm uh, speaking of Jamie Sweeney. Jamie, hi. Hi. Thanks, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me. Now, Jamie Sweeney is the owner now of the Juniper Art Gallery. You may remember her. And gosh, if you don't remember her, I don't know where you've been. You may remember her <laughs> as the owner and operator and proprietor of the Wandering Turtle Art Gallery. Now, this is back about uh, 10 or so years ago. The Wandering Turtle was on the north side of the Bloomington Courthouse Square. Juniper right. Art Gallery now is in Spencer, Indiana. That's on the south side of the Owen County Courthouse Square. You are an art person from <laughs> way, 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 way back. That's absolutely true. And I was born into it because both my parents were artists. Um, ah, uh -huh. My father was a pretty well-known artist in Indianapolis. And I have three sisters and we were all just born into a very, very artistic family. So I've been immersed in the art world since I was born, probably even before I was born, I was part of that. And it just comes naturally to me. I never had any thought of being or doing anything other than being in the arts. It just is in my what, blood. What kind of art did your parents make? They were actually multimedia artists. My father was um, very multimedia early in his early career, and he was also a teacher. He taught art at Heron Art School and some other schools in Indianapolis, both my parents taught at the Indianapolis Art Center for over 50 years. But my mother was, you know, raising four daughters in the, you know, in the 60s, 50s, wow. 60s. So she was a little bit less well known, even though she was, I would say, very much his, his equal in talent. She became well known. She was also very multimedia, but she became well known in Indianapolis for her sculptures. She does clay, works in clay and beautiful busts and sculptures. So yes, me and my sisters all came by our interest in art very, very naturally. And then all of my sisters and myself continue in that field one way or another. And here you are, owner of the Juniper Art Gallery. Now the Juniper Art Gallery specializes in regional Midwestern artwork. You, on your website, which, by the way, is juniperartgallery.com, you say that the art gallery specializes in handmade, artsy, and fair trade goods with an emphasis on nature-themed products. And mm -hmm. you're, you're a nature gal. I very much am a nature gal, and that is partly because my parents raised us to be very sensitive to the natural world around us. My father was very much known as a nature watercolorist, very, very beautiful artwork. And I have many of his prints and reproductions in my gallery. I just remember my whole life being taken on walks in the woods. And, you know, my father was always 
painting beautiful paintings of birds and flowers and wildflowers. And so we were immersed in that from a very young age. And my first business that I ever opened was actually a nature related. It was a wild birds unlimited shop that was in Bloomington um, from 95 to 2002. That was my first business retail. What did you deal with in that shop? That was strictly a backyard bird feeding store. It wasn't, it wasn't like selling birds. <laughs> you got me thinking of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie that opens up in, in a bird store. <laughs> yeah, actually, I kind of, that movie makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, Bloomington has a huge following of, you know, there's scientists and naturalists and all sorts of people very interested. They came here maybe to go to school and fell in love with the region, you know, the whole Monroe County and Brown County and, and actually Owen County is hopefully finally getting some of its due respect too, in that regard, because it's just gorgeous. The just everything South of Indianapolis, when the glaciers pushed, <laughs> came through in the years ago, pushed into these beautiful rolling hills that we now have here. Yeah. And, I just think it's as beautiful as anywhere you could go. And I remember when I was a really little girl, my dad would take us down. My mom and dad would take us down to Brown County. Back then, Nashville was very much uh, like a little artist colony back then and Uh in the early 60s. And I just remember falling in love with what I thought were the mountains of southern Indiana. (laughs) I thought they were mountains. And I, I... so when I when I graduated high school and moved out of home as fast as I possibly could, I beelined it to Brown County where all my hippie musician friends lived and <laughs> thought I was just going to, you know, be an artist and be a hippie musician to, you know, hang out with them. It didn't take me too long to decide I didn't want to work in restaurants for the rest of my life. And yep. then I went to IU. I, I actually moved from Brown County, Nashville to Bloomington. And, and went to art school there. You know, speaking of uh, music, at the Juniper Art Gallery, there are often special musical events. Mm-hmm. Among, among many other things, you have creative classes, you have something called Self-Care Sundays, you have a monthly book club, you have community gatherings. It's a real sort of a cultural center oasis. Yes, I, I, I like to think of it that way, yes. What kind of music can one hear at well, Juniper Art um, Gallery? You know, since the pandemic hit, it's it's been um, you know not quite as active. I actually opened Juniper Art Gallery three years ago, and I had a year without a pandemic, and I just had so so many wonderful wonderful events constantly, like all the ones you you mentioned, and I had the third Saturday Art and Music series, and had wonderful musicians like. Monica, Monica Herzig and Janice Jaffe and Curtis Cantwell Jackson. And gosh, there are just so many people that would come out and play on those Saturdays. Um, Some just wonderful groups. And they were so much fun and the place would be packed. So that all kind of came to a screeching halt when we had our lockdown. And I haven't been able, I've tried a few times, I've tried doing some online versions of doing live, you know, video thing with music. And it's just not the same vibe as being in a a space that's just you're surrounded by gorgeous art, you're surrounded by your friends, everybody's, it's just not the same when you end up without being able to be together. So, so I'm hoping, you know, with all the um, 
with all the vaccines we have now and and I'm hoping we can get back to that in the upcoming year. Uh, that's my plan. And I do have still events. I have still the book clubs going strong and yeah, I, I would like to get some more self-care Sundays. We had yoga, we had meditation group that would meet once a month. Janice Jaffe came one time and played her singing bowls, which was so beautiful. So uh-huh. we had all sorts of different activities on Sundays that would just be considered something where you're just taking care of yourself. Well, can you go a little bit more into what this self-care Sundays thing is? I just thought it would be fun to get people over to Spencer on the weekends and offer something that would just be like kind of pampering yourself. We're all so busy this these day, this day and age that I feel like sometimes we don't slow down enough just to do something that would just be fun for us and nurture ourselves. So, you know, people would approach me with ideas. I had a woman that that would talk about essential oils that she had and would talk about the benefits of that. We'd do that once in a while. And we had a monthly yoga class. And so it's just, to me, it was just a way of saying, not only is art a visual musical thing, but art is also, you can, you can create a a way to live a life that is also creative and creating what you want to happen in your life, I guess, is part of it. When you moved out with your business, you're still living here in Bloomington. When you moved out to Spencer in Owen County, was that a cultural shock for you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't a total cultural shock for me because I... The first home I ever bought was back in 1992, three, and it was in Owen County because it was an old, old farmhouse and I could afford, you know, we could afford to live there. I mean, it was, (laughs) we paid like $40,000 for this old farmhouse out there. And that was just what we could do at the time. So we were there for five years. And then during that five-year time period, we had opened the Wild Birds Unlimited store and then we were driving to Bloomington every day. So it's kind of funny now I'm back in Bloomington. I'm driving to Spencer every day. <laughs> but but um, I so no, it wasn't a complete cultural shock because I had lived there for five years. But so, and I always kind of had my my eye on that county because I do think it's gorgeous and it's kind of not thought of as much as Brown County is, I think. And it's really equally beautiful. McCormick's Creek State Park is just two miles from my gallery and it's the oldest state park in Indiana. It's just gorgeous. Oh my Um, goodness. Yes. During the winter, during the summer, have you ever gone, have you ever gone to see the falls? Yeah. They're all frozen and gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, It's so pretty. I know. It just like, to me, it's just so pretty and kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say it's underrated i think the people that go there really love it and appreciate it but i just i just think that owen county there's cataract falls and owen putnam state forest it's beautiful there so i decided to to open there again you know i i bought my first house there because it was affordable the rents there are still affordable for a small business where in bloomington i I just couldn't do it again. The rents had gone up and up and up since I'd closed my wandering turtle due to the great recession um, in 2011. And so 
I knew I couldn't, I mean, I looked diligently in Bloomington and it just wasn't going to happen for me with what I could budget for an art gallery. Being experienced at that point in running an art gallery, I just didn't feel like the the prices I'd have to pay for rent in Bloomington would support it. So I loved what was happening on the square. They've been renovating for some years. There's a Spencer Main Street They've um, gotten grants to put in brick sidewalks and old lamps that look really beautiful, you know, the old fashioned lamps. And they've just done a lot to bring it back and renovate the old buildings. It's very colorful. And I have to say, I don't think I would have gone there had it not been for Spencer Pride being a Ah. a very, very established not-for-profit organization there. And And they have one of the largest gay pride festivals annually in, in, in a rural place in the whole country. I mean, it's just, it's such a small town and can bring in like 6,000 people. And yeah. And, a, and Spencer itself is only about 2,200 population. Yeah, it's like, it's like on the day of Spencer pride, it's just, it's amazing. And it's so much fun and people are having the time of their lives. And I just, I can remember people like walking around my gallery just with their jaws agape saying, I can't believe this is in a rural town happening because they have drag shows and all this fun stuff happening, (laughs) you know, and that was like a real um, clue to me that I could find somehow to fit in there, that they were accepting a community that was accepting of the Spencer Pride organization. And that also LGBTQ plus rights have been, absolutely important to me from the time I can remember. So it just seemed like I can, I can do this. I really can do this with this wonderful organization and a town that accepts it. Now, you know, your first art gallery on the Bloomington Courthouse Square, as I said, was the Wandering Turtle. How the heck did you come up with that name? (laughs) Well, I borrowed it from a friend who had had a graphic arts business named Wandering Turtle Graphic Arts, and <laughs> and he closed it. And I said, I like that name. Can I can I use it? And he <laughs> said, Sure. I'm not using it anymore. And the reason I liked it so much is the Native American lore is that, you know, the Earth is riding on the back of a turtle, and the turtle always has everything it needs within itself and carries it wherever it goes, you know? So I just liked that image and it just resonated with me. I thought it was fun. You know, I hope I don't turn your face red here, but that Wandering Turtle Art Gallery was an award-winning operation. Uh, For instance, in 2004, you were named the best art gallery in Bloomington by Visit Bloomington. In 2009, you were named the Downtown Business of the Year by Downtown Bloomington Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Wow. Are you getting embarrassed yet? No, I'm proud. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) In 2010. Sing my praises. No, really. It's always been a community effort. It's not about me. Even though I ran it, owned and operated it, I feel like what made it what it was were all the musicians, all the artists, all the people that came out in support. I feel like I was just lucky to be this conduit for this wonderful place that people seem to really, really love. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the Wandering Turtle in that neat 
older building that was at one time a department store? Yes. So Wandering Turtle had two locations. It was first um, in, at 224 North College. Uh -huh. um, and that was across the street at the time. It was a service parking lot across the street. Now it's the Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah. Is there. So I was there for the first. Let's see. It would have been 2002 through um, 2008. And then Tim Terry, who had a jewelry shop inside the Wicks building, right on the, the north side of the square, he was um, going to sublease his space. And the rent was much more affordable, and CFC owned it, and I felt good about renting from them. So I moved, I signed a contract and moved, but unfortunately that was like that year was going great. It was my fifth year in business. Everything was going great. I'd hired a, an assistant, you know, like a manager for the shop. It was just really going well. And then the great recession hit that fall uh -oh. and it was too late for me to back out of moving because I'd already signed a lease and then to have to build out in a new location right at the height of that horrible recession. I hung on probably longer than I should have. I, I closed in 2011, but it was all kind of a monetary downward slide during that recession. It was mm. harsh. So many little businesses on the square closed that over those couple of years. It was sad. sad no sad. kidding. Now, you know, after you closed the wandering turtle, you basically worked for <laughs> every big organization in town, I think. I was so fortunate in that regard. Even before I closed Wandering Turtle, I had this, like, <laughs> I had this hope that maybe somebody with, it, with some money might buy it. So I was, like, trying to sell it. And in the meanwhile, while I was doing that, I actually got a job as the executive director at the Brown County Art Guild. So there was a period of five months where I was not only running Wandering Turtle, but also being the executive director for the Brown County Art Guild. That was like really a like crazy amount of work, but a wonderful opportunity for me. And having that opportunity in Brown County introduced me to many, many artists who are very well known and respected in Indiana. And now a lot of them knew my father. I can remember when I was introduced and they say, said I was Paul Sweeney's daughter. There was like this big gasp from everybody like <laughs> oh, Paul Sweeney's daughter, you know? So that was really that was like a nice moment. <laughs> Several of those artists I have now showing at um, Juniper Art Gallery. And that wouldn't have happened had I not had that transition period. I was working for two years as the executive director in Brown County. And that drive was, it was a, an hour each way for me. And I was also taking care of my mother in hospice during that time. Oh, so, so I just kind of um, decided you know what, I need to try something else. I, I can't keep doing this drive to Brown County and taking care of my mom at that point. So so there, that was time for change. Speaking of the elderly, after that, you were the director of the Enright Center for the Area 10 Agency on Aging. Yeah. Yes. What was, what was the Enright Center? Well, um, Enright Center is part of the Area 10 Agency on Aging that has like an activity center before I took it over. It was mostly like physical activity, like treadmills and classes and dance classes, things that were more of 
activity focused. They had a couple art classes, but mostly it was um, physical exercise for seniors. But when I when I took over that spot, I actually really, really uh, expanded the arts programming. I started bringing in like guitar lessons and music and it just all sorts of fun things to offer for the seniors. And I think the Endright Center really, really took off under my direction and um, just offered such a wide variety of artistic ways that seniors could have a fulfilling life. As I said, you're a real art gal. <laughs> I am. I It's just in my blood, as I said. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, but then after that, you went and you were the volunteer and membership director for the Sycamore Land Trust. Hey, you were working right in my neighborhood, for God's oh, sake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was like headhunted for that. I mean, I got a call from the executive director at Area 10 when I was working, and he said, hey, listen, we want you to come here and be our volunteer and membership director. And I was like, well, I got a job. I like it. And I was courted to go there and a little reluctantly left area 10 because I was really enjoying working with seniors. I mean, I took care of both my elderly parents as they were aging and till they both died. But the thing is, it was like so, so seductive because it's nature, you know, just like, oh my God, yeah. I, I've been a member of Sycamore Land Trust since the early nineties when they first formed. And so it was just like such an honor to be asked to be part of their team. And I kind of just couldn't turn it down. You know, it was just such a great opportunity. And so I worked for them for a while and I, I, I really enjoyed the work that I did there. And I felt like it was making a difference, preserving land here in, you know, well, actually they, they, their land uh, is kind of all over Southern Indiana, yes, yeah. but it was very cool to, to be involved in that organization. I'm still a really big supporter of it. Well, how did you then end up as the associate publisher for <laughs> Malcolm Abrams Bloom magazine? Again, I was headhunted. He called me at Sycamore Land Trust. Oh my. Said, I want you to come work for me. And and why would he call you? I had been advertising with Bloom and we just kind of got to be friendly with each other over the years. You know, I mean, Bloomington's just such a small place. And I can remember him coming into Wandering Turtle when he first started the whole uh, magazine and we'd hit it off and we were friends ever since then he knew that I had a lot of connections and I think uh -huh. that was probably just the fact that I've done so many things and I've known so many people that that seemed like a good match for an associate publisher because I you know the the job of the associate publisher is basically to sell advertising and uh -huh. you know but it ended up being way more than that for me I got to really experience what it takes to put such a publication together and I think they respected me enough to like include me in things that maybe um, aren't just about advertising but you know like what's your opinion about how this which how should this page be laid out or whatever and that was really fun for me and also just the whole editing and writing in because I've been a writer my entire life I love writing and if I could do anything like in my retirement I want to write a book so it was really really good to have the experience of seeing how they would take too many words and edit them down to being super um, concise and all you needed 
You know, uh, I was doing a little research into you and your life, obviously, uh, as you can guess. And I went to your LinkedIn page, uh, our guest this week being Jamie Sweeney, the owner of the Juniper Art Gallery. And on your LinkedIn page, boy, I found the neatest quote about you. And I I think I'm going to make your face red again. And that is this. Jamie Sweeney is one of the most engaging and compassionate women I have ever worked with. This is from a woman with whom you worked, obviously, in the past. What a great line, huh? That really touches my heart, yes. For our listeners, uh, I apologize for the sound distortions. As you know, we're always working on Zoom these days, ever since uh, the pandemic started. So if it sounds like Jamie's speaking in a coffee can, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my apologies. But compassionate, compassionate. Well, I really, really care about people. I mean, there's been so many things I've done in my life that were even before you know, any of these things. I I mean, I've always been a volunteer. I started an organization. I I didn't start an organization, but I started a chapter of a thing called Bread for the Journey, which was we would raise money and and have grants for low-income people to do projects they wanted to do. And I did that in Bloomington for many years. I headed up that. I just care about people and I care about their ability to to be self-expressive. And so like with this cool group that I had, we had a chapter of for many years, we would fund their like projects. Like, I don't know if you've ever driven under that bridge that's over by Kleindorfer's. The music bridge. Yeah. Yeah, That that was one of the projects. A woman told me, she approached me, she lived in a neighborhood over there and she approached me and said, my, my little child asked me one day if I live, if we live in the ghetto, you know, huh. and she said it just kind of broke her heart and she wanted to make the entrance into their neighborhood beautiful. So we provided, you know, support and paint and like, I don't know, it was a small, they were micro loans, like $500. And she painted the star, Hoagie Carmichael Stardust on that bridge so right. the, the 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 staff the music yeah, staff yeah. yeah the music staff yeah it was it, that's what she and then she said now my son loves to come into our neighborhood <laughs> you know this was a long time ago long long time ago and in the you know there's been so many trucks run into that bridge no kidding it's like <laughs> such a mess now but it still warms my heart when i think about and there were so many examples of little projects like that they were all micro loans so that's just kind of the way i've been my whole life I like to do things for other people and I am and I think I used the word before just being a conduit I don't really see myself as doing anything all that special I just see myself making it making opportunities for other people to do something that matters to them and and helps the community and it makes me happy my guest this week has been Jamie Sweeney. She's the owner, operator, proprietor of Juniper Art Gallery. Uh, that's right on the Courthouse Square in Owen County, Spencer, Indiana, as a matter of fact. Jamie Sweeney, thanks for joining us on Big Talk. Oh, it's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 